from the booth at Pops, it's time for the Riverdale Review! Welcome back, pals, to another episode of the Riverdale Review. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined as always by my pals in podcasting, Mr. Kale Ward. Excuse me. Guys, you would not believe the line outside for Andrew's Christmas trees. This is ridiculous. I know the man was sh- I, mean, I know the man was shot and all, but like what's he doing selling Christmas trees in a parking lot? He's got the best spruces in town. What can you expect? How? Have you seen his house? It's so small. Where's he growing them? <laughs> I think they're illegally cutting them down. And we're also joined by Mr. Marco Cunalata. Um hey guys. So I'm still a little like shook up from uh, last episode. So if at any point I interject with um some like loud sobs it's just me processing my feelings guys <laughs> yeah there was a lot of loss last episode <laughs> alright what so, did you uh, do? <laughs> it's okay continue guys all right, so um, we're going to start the show we, the way we always do by offering our spoiler-free thoughts on the episode before we jump into all the nitty-gritty. Um, so who wants to kick it off this episode? Uh, so this episode was a lot better than the past two. Uh, it felt like we were kind of back on track, back in the normal swing of things. Yeah, yeah back in the Riverdale groove. Yeah. I don't, I don't have that much more to say, really. Um, it was good. It was good. Cool. What about you, Marco? Um, yeah, I agree. It was back to, uh, what is it? That's that, um, meat and potatoes Riverdale. Mm. It was, um, it was fun. It was a good ride. The characters were there again after they'd been taken backwards the last episode. Yeah. So I was, I was digging it. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely would say I echo a lot of those, those sentiments. I feel like, um, this definitely felt like kind of a return to status quo, even though things are so shaken up from, the status quo as of last episode, which I thought was interesting, but it was a really strong episode. I thought there was a lot of reveals and, uh, it was the first, like, it's the first time in at least two episodes, you know, um, where I, I remember really having a few moments where I was like, like out loud, you know, audibly like, Oh, whoa. Like, you know, cause there was a few really big reveals this episode. Um, and, and definitely a lot of action. So yeah, it was, it was a good one. Definitely a good one. All right, so let's jump into our spoiler full discussion. Uh, so as always, if you haven't seen the episode yet, episode uh, or chapter, I always do that, chapter 22. Um, now's your chance to b- bounce out before we spoil it for you, uh, unless you don't care about that kind of thing, and then you know we'll talk you through it. Where do you guys want to start? I mean, I-, I feel like this one was a little all over the place in terms of, I like, I, n- no one like major plot line really stood out to me as being kind of like, the main through line, except for like, you know, what appears to be the conclusion of the Black Hood storyline. Yeah, everything kind of like, or everyone was sort of back together. And so uh, the the story just sort of all kind of fell in, it felt like everything just like fell into place, like all the characters were where they were supposed to be and then where their their stories were sort of leading to. Um, it just sort of like coalesced very nicely, I felt. So I, yeah, I agree. There wasn't like a, I mean, you know, you had the, the, the Archie and Betty trying to figure out who the actual Black Hood is and then, uh, Jughead and his storyline, but like still they were like very, I don't know, they were, they were so connected somehow, I felt. Yeah. I don't know necessarily that I agree that they were connected, but it, it, it felt like 
it felt like it was what it was supposed to be. Like Archie and Betty were were back on the 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 trail of the Black Hood, and then Jughead was doing his thing, and now we might finally start getting some answers uh, about about the lodges. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's let's just bite down on one of these stories, right? So let's let's start let's start with the lodges, um, because that's that's a fairly fairly short conversation because there wasn't too much development there especially from our point of view yeah which um i found a little frustrating since this is the mid-season break and like we're not going to really learn the implications of what's going on there for a while but um i kind of like that because i i i did too it was a good tease yeah yeah yeah. they're definitely going to explore that stuff in in the second half of the season. I mean, they have to, yeah. right? Like, she made some kind of deal, and she learned some information. Mm-hmm. But the whole thing is, I'm interested, like, what could she have possibly learned that was so... That's so significant that they needed to keep it from us, and it'll actually be, like, an exciting reveal, but wasn't already illegal or something. If her whole thing was, well, I'm not going to do anything illegal. You know, is it is it just a plan of them trying to take over the town or something? Like, I, yeah, I think that's probably it. There's probably some like murder hitman stuff involved, but that's illegal. Yeah, that's illegal. I I feel like that would already, but not if you're not caught. <laughs> but yeah, but her whole attitude was like plausible but deniability. That's her parents, though. I don't know, like. Unless they withheld something from her, which like this was supposed to be the lay of the cards on the table moment, right? Like I don't, I don't know. I don't think I don't see. I don't even think uh, Hermione like knows everything that Hiram does. Oh yeah, I think that's true. I'm sure that they keep things from each other specifically so that when the time comes, they can deny it if they have to. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of implications from here, right? Like, I think we're going to get more development of that area of of, of Veronica's life, right? You know, she obviously is going to be more involved in her parents' business, um, however shady that may get, uh, which is going to be interesting. You know, I think that's that's been a really fun uh, thing for Jughead this season of that he really kind of has his own stuff going on outside of the murder mystery and the gang, you know, and I think doing the same thing for, um, for Veronica is, is going to be a good move for that character because she's definitely a favorite of ours. So she's been sort of like, she hasn't been forgotten, but it feels like she's been placed sort of on the back burner for most of this season so far. Yeah. I would say at least for the latter half. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I, I I definitely would agree with that. So yeah, giving her opportunities to have more solo adventures will definitely be um, a good thing, I think. So the other thing, obviously, is that you know she was able to kind of leverage that partnership to also pay for all of uh, Fred Andrews' medical bills. Must be nice. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, but I mean, like, you know, we like, I, I thought that was a little interesting because like we learned about them and it was solved in the same episode. Like, and I was like, all right, cool. Like, it was this thing I was like, oh, how are they going to deal with this? No. And then it's just like, Veronica's is like, no, nah, it's fine. Like, yeah. I'll just, I'll just leverage my parents' blood money and pay for your hospital bills. It's cool. It's like, oh, all right. I feel like it was just <laughs> something to point Veronica in a direction mm-hmm. that she wouldn't be able to come back from. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Cause that's obviously a hefty amount of money yeah you're maybe like 
like leading her towards where she ultimately was like okay her parents came over and it's like all right now we have to like, explain to you what's going on i felt like like it, yeah. it, that's where it sort of pointed her yeah like she was kind of going down that road anyway but this was like the final thing that allowed her to like like finding the deed to pops yeah. learning that she's still being lied to that there's still all this stuff she doesn't know you know, and kind of being able to um, pierce that veil, I guess, like, because Archie needed this help. It was kind of interesting, though, you know, it's like, kind of like a funny little role reversal, honestly. Like, that's usually a thing you see, like, the girlfriend or something like that, like, having some kind of trauma that drives the leading man to action. And it was, like, <laughs> kind of funny to see. It's like, oh, no, like, this is going to be a huge thing for Archie. And then Ver- it's like, no, this is actually really about Veronica. Like, <laughs> Veronica's the leading man. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, As if we didn't already know that. Right. I, uh, I thought it was really funny how she, you know, when she was looking at the deed and then Hiram and Hermione come in and they're like, you know, they talk about how she paid the medical bills or whatever. And then she goes, she says something to the effect of, oh, well, why not? We had enough money to buy a diner. <laughs> yes. And I, want, I wanted Hiram to go, I mean, we don't anymore. We bought a diner. <laughs> Yeah, that was my thought. I was like, that doesn't mean we just have more money. Yeah. I bought a diner. Like, that's obviously a, a huge investment. But I mean, like, apparently it was fine. So who knows how much money they're really sitting on, you know? Yeah. Plausible deniability. Exactly. I wonder if this will bring Hermione and Veronica closer again, or if they're going to keep trying to play favorites for Hiram. I feel like there's something to that. I feel like we're going to see an alignment of Veronica and her parents a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if it might not lead to some change for her that we're not so happy about. Mm. You know, I, I I see more like her coming in line with her parents' morality and worldview than her continuing to challenge theirs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Because that's, we've kind of like hit a wall with that. So like, I feel like that's the next step is like in the same way that we watched Jughead get pulled into the Serpent's world. I think she's going to get pulled into her parents' world. I don't know. I think she has. I think she has a stronger character than that, and and that's putting Jughead down. Uh, but I mean, I mean, that's what that's what happened. Like he, like Jughead is trying to keep the Serpents above that. But in order to do so, he's having to go down. You know, for for a lack of a better phrase, like he's having to go down to their level. But I mean, he yeah, he, like, he accepted being a Serpent in in the first places. I guess like like. I feel like Veronica, she can, she'll accept it, but she'll give the pushback more, more so, like, because she, she gave her conditions up front, right? Jughead just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'll do it. Like, she, she's, she's maintaining the control where Jughead just sort of fell in or, or gave in and is now trying to pick up the pieces. I think you're giving her way too much credit, dude. Like, I, I really love Veronica, but like, realistically like (laughs) she's in over her head you know like this is this is definitely like an easy easy opportunity for her to be seduced by power yeah and influence yeah you know strongly disagree well we'll see i i think i think you're like listeners me and peter going out we're going to the back we're selling it out duking it out like 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 men, we're gonna gonna settle in a smash. We're gonna take our shirts off and settle it in oh. smash. <laughs> oh, to be clear, like Marco, you you disagree with the point that she'll fall victim to the temptation, not that the temptation is there. Correct. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like it's possible, but I I feel like the natural progression for the storyline 
is for her to think everything's above board, continue to put her name on stuff, and end up being implicated in something bad. Uh, yeah, and I think I think that's a like I th- I think that's a legit formula for the show. Like they do this thing until they realize, oh shit, this is gonna hurt somebody. I gotta bounce. Yep, like her storyline needs to blow up in her face at some point, or break up with everybody you love. Like, yeah. Um, speaking of breakups, uh, so we saw some kind of developments from where last episode ended us with you know the two signature couples getting broken up, and uh, I mean it seems like Veronica and Archie are, or Varchi, I guess, Ew. are uh, are Archie. together. <laughs> Archie, yeah, Archie. Like tossing Ugh. my cookies. Um, so what, what did you guys think about this? Like, I, um... It was cute. It was, it was very cute. I was just so surprised. I was like, oh, really? All right, cool. Like, like, all right, we're back together. It makes me wonder if the last episode was written separately from the episodes that surrounded it. I wonder. I just feel like the, like, the breakups and Betty's, like, serpent dance and, like, all of this stuff, like, for the most part, other than, like, FP being in uh, the serpents again, like, not much carried over from that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's, like, it's weird just because, like, everyone's broken up in the beginning, but it's, like, we're all kind of still talking, and it's, like, weird because, like, you know, we're all friends, and I don't know, like, I guess, like, the thing that I found interesting about it is I, I feel like a lot of people would probably come at this kind of critically for how they handled it, but I actually felt like it felt fairly realistic for how, like, teenagers date sometimes. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I had friends growing up who had, like, relationships like this that were kind of, like, on and off like that, and it's like, they broke up, oh my god, and it's like, and they're back together in another week because I love you, and it's like, it it felt like a very, like, like, I was surprised at how they kind of backpedaled on it, but it was like, it didn't feel like, um, something I wouldn't expect from teenagers. It didn't feel unnatural. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, from, from like a storytelling standpoint, it, it, it bothered me. I felt like there could be a lot more character development if they hadn't made it seem like you know they they were all just gonna get back together i feel i feel like the way it stands after this episode i feel like jughead probably has the most to gain from sort of backing off from pursuing anyone if that's oh i'm asexual i don't actually like anybody or if that's i just want to explore the (laughs) jughead character and you know figure something else out they're definitely not making him asexual you guys gotta stop pushing that shit it's not happening like (laughs) I, i mean no like <laughs> I'm gonna champion that until I die. So <laughs> tokenism is good, Kale Ward. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm kidding. It ain't, uh, it ain't bad. I don't. What? What? I, okay, it no, can't. That's a it can be, but I don't. To have at least something represented there, that's not bad. Well, that's a that's a conversation for another day. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely think. I don't know, like, it, it was weird to me that we got the hint of this stuff with Archie and Betty, and, like, they had them kiss this episode, and then see he's back with Veronica. Like, that, I feel like... That felt unnatural to me. Like, I don't... I I sent you an article about uh, Lily Reinhardt's reaction to the episode or whatever, and she was like, I don't know, it, was, it just felt like it was the heat of the moment. Maybe there's romantic tension there, maybe not. And I... I don't know. You didn't buy it? No. Well, I mean, like, I, 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 like, I bought that Archie and Betty probably 
are like having to deal with old feelings again because of the breakups from last episode and their their sure. longing glances, you know, from their windows or whatever. That was nice. But just in that moment, it didn't feel right because he was like Archie was trying to convince Betty to go after a murderer and uh, and solve the murder and it was just like, "Oh, now it's time for kisses." Like that's I just Ah. I feel like the fact that it wasn't like it was so like kind of like it happened and it was awkward and then they were just like let's just move on yeah like it was weird and uncomfortable but I think it was kind of supposed to be hmm. you know like I, it wasn't like a romantic moment it was like a fuck we might die like you know I don't know yeah like I, I, I get where you're coming from because I felt that way too but it was another thing of like it was weird but I didn't like not buy it hmm. I bought it I felt it I'm the romantic listeners. Me too, baby. <laughs> uh, so th- I think that's definitely going to come home to roost. You know, we're going to have to have a conversation about all that. That's going to be interesting. I wonder if that's going to drive a wedge between him and Veronica or if she's going to be mature about it because the characters are usually mature about this shit on the show. <laughs> I don't know. I It was such a small moment. It's such a, a heated uh, thing. thing. Yeah, I, I, I would be surprised if it comes up. I don't know. We'll see. And I definitely get the feeling that you know, I, I don't, I, you know, based on the conversation and the gifts and everything, it seems like there's a future for Jug and Betty as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens there. So I guess uh, that that's a pretty good transition point to talk about what's going on with Jug, FP, and the Serpents. We got a pretty major development in the um, the whole Penny blackmail situation, and we saw another one of the Riverdale gang commit an act of terrorism. So that was cool. Yeah, so, like, Jug kind of gets the crew together. They drive Penny, and they kidnap her. The, the crew, meaning the younger serpents. Sweepy, and, you know. Tony was Tony. there, and a bunch of other. There we go. Yeah. A bunch of other. Nameless uh, mooks. Na- yeah, <laughs> nameless, attractive gangsters yeah uh and they you know basically throw a bag over her head kidnap her drive her out of town um scalp her arm and uh like what i was like that was intense man like that was some gangster shit dude like like so jughead's big worry is that penny's having them ship drugs everywhere and that penny is gonna turn the serpents into the ghoulies it would not surprise me. And, and, and we, in this episode, we've been given no indication that that's what this is or that any of this is. What do you mean? Uh, so, like, all the stuff FP was carrying and, like, you know, it was toys and Christmas presents and stuff. There's no, like, and even uh, even when Jughead and Archie delivered the crate in the, the Tales of Darkness or whatever, there was no official indication that those were drugs or anything illegal. Yeah, right. It could have been some Cthulhu monster. So what? Yeah. So what I'm getting at is, for all Jughead knows, like it could just be straight up toys and and like just normal blankets stuff. and yeah. That would be that would be a twist. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what's. I, I I'm not really sure how that's gonna play out. Like I'm sure that this isn't the end of uh, a penny. Yeah. But exactly how and when she's going to come back is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, J- Jug's going to pay for that. I think that that's going to be a painful lesson. Yeah, I think there's going to be some very real world consequences for that. And, and like, I wonder, I wonder if he's going to be the one to pay the price. You know what I mean? We, yeah, we could lose FP. Ooh. Yeah, or you know, an attack on Betty. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you know, like Archie. Even like, I feel like 
I would be less concerned if it was Archie. Not because I, I don't like him, uh, even even though he has grown on me this season. Like, he's proven pretty well that he, he'll he be okay. Yeah, that's true. I, I, he is pretty capable. Yeah. As we saw this episode when he was, like, forced into a shallow grave. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, <laughs> to the same, you know, to the same point, I think, I think uh, Betty and Veronica are also capable, but they're the ones I worry about. Hmm. Okay, I see that. But, um, all right, yeah, so, I mean, like, I guess let's take it over to the, the hood, right? Like, we got what is inarguably a major development in the story. Whether or not it's the conclusion or not is what I'd like to debate here. Um, I certainly don't have the impression that this is over. No. And as we hinted at earlier, no, no, Lily, no, 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 no. Reinhardt seems to feel the same way. Um, what? But we caught the bad guy. I don't think we did. But, I, but, I, but we caught a bad guy. The bad guy. No, 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 no. I'm honestly so confused, like, by what, like, I'm convinced he's a red herring, right? But, like, the whole thing, like, Jughead said, like, we don't know his motive. Mm -hmm. And that, I'm so intrigued by this, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's such an interesting wrinkle. Like, why, why did he throw his hat in the ring in this way? Like, what was he hoping to get out of this? I, I sort of feel like Archie and Veronica probably, like, spooked him awoke something he was so like frustrated about uh, maybe the accusation based on everything he'd been through that he just went ah fuck it i don't know man i feel like that's too simple you you mean like like it's that you mean that it's not mr svenson and that upon him being accused that's when he like snapped or something yeah like maybe he you know he it was after archie and veronica kind of confronted him well they did confront him that he, you know, he vanished, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're, we're sort of led to believe he he just kind of sat in his house and stewed for a while. And then when Archie and Betty go there, he was he wasn't there. So so I'm wondering if he just kind of snapped, you know, they flash back to him saying, you know, blood for blood, blah, blah, blah. Like, I. So you think he was like, maybe just like, I don't know, though. I don't know, because like. I was thinking maybe he was trying to die because he feels guilty about the fact that he got an innocent man killed. But, like, why would he try to, like, die and exonerate a serial killer? Uh, see, I didn't catch that at all. You know, that's what, that's, so that's the thing is, like, I don't, I just don't understand his motive. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't buy that it's like he just snapped and he's like, I'm going to dress up as the Black Hood and bury Archie. And, you know, what? like, I feel like there has to be a play. Like, there's a reason he did this. I Yeah, I don't, I sort of, with the evidence we've been given, I think, I think him snapping is the most logical conclusion. But I also wonder, you know, if... The hood is still out there, and he watches the way he says he does. Then he probably knows that Svensson or Conway or the janitor, whatever we want to call him, then we know he was approached, right? The hood knows the the real hood knows that Svensson was approached by Archie and Veronica. Yeah, maybe the real hood forced him. Yeah, or maybe, or maybe yeah. not even forced him, but fueled it. You know? I yeah, know. I don't know. Told him, I don't, I don't know. This is where you know. This is where this happened. Or, you know, here's maybe here's what you should do. Here's a gun. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing that that he's just like that. It's just that he just became sinister. You know, like, yeah, I definitely feel like it has to be like there's some kind of force or some kind of like twisting mm. by the real Black Hood. Mm. But like, why? Like, did the Black Hood want to just kill the Hood character and get away with it? Like, 
I don't know. I, mm. There's more to this. There's more to this for sure. At least that that's my read. I, I can't imagine that this is the real resolution. Yeah. Especially with the end with Betty. You know, the whole thing of her going to burn the mask and then she doesn't. And there's the voice and the truth. And you know what I mean? Like that it's not over. Like uh, I couldn't. I couldn't see uh, a lot of like the notes that she she was throwing into the fire because uh, it's hard to watch things in that are dark on a, a TV in the sunlit morning. But um, oh, it was it was like uh, like the little code key thing that she was using. Um, some of those yeah, things. from the Nancy Drew book, and yeah. then it was one of the articles. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was, but I would I guess it's maybe about the Reaper. Okay. I was I was curious if maybe she had burned the one that her parents got. I mean, um, it looked like hers. It looked like it was the the one that she had, and it didn't look like she burned any actual relevant evidence. It was just one of the newspaper clippings and that specific, the coded one. You know, the code thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I was because my my thought was, oh, okay. Well, she's burning the one that her parents got. Then she's she's un, unknowingly you know, getting rid of evidence that could be, that there could be another hood. You know, if that's, you know, our theory that it's her dad, if it's, you know, Alice doing the fake one, or if it's, uh, you know, uh, the real hood. Yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle too, because there is still that whole thing of the fact that like her parents' letter was like different from hers, and we never really got any kind of resolution of that. Yeah. And I, I, I still just don't understand the framing device of two episodes ago where they talked about these murders and, like, no one's been murdered. So, yeah. like, yeah, I, there's more. There's more to the story. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the other interesting thing was they, they kind of reinforced that point that Archie didn't connect the eyes with this guy. Mm. Right. Like when he finds out that it's him, he has that flash of the guy with the green eyes and he's like he he accepts that he must have just been wrong. But I feel like there's too many there's too many threads here to show that it's not over. Yeah, I bet I bet we see at some point as it as it goes on that Archie meets someone who has those eyes and he freaks out. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I guess kind of the last thing I wanted to uh, touch on is just kind of a minor plot development. But um. Did you guys recognize the guy that Mrs. Blossom was with? No. I was going to ask you the same the same thing. Yes. No idea. I I sort of wondered if it was the Christmas tree guy, Vic. Oh, maybe it was. Yeah. It was similar build. We think. I, I mean, we only saw his head, but yeah, I mean, it, it kind of looked similar. Like a dumpy middle-aged dude. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it was interesting because, you know, I think I think the implication there, right, is she told her to get a job. So she's going to go try and find a sugar daddy. But I, I mean, she could be going to prostitute herself. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It, it was it was weird. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle. Yeah. Yeah. My my favorite line from this episode came from um, Old Lady Blossom. She said, uh, "She was great." She said, uh, "She said you should have drowned those kids like a <laughs> yeah. bag of kittens." <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. I, I looked at Jess and I went, "You know what? She's right." <laughs> <laughs> it certainly would have been easier. I think. I I do. I do want to shout out the like the cinema, some of the cinematography. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, the the bridge scene was really nice. The angles that they got and like the tension that they built. Um, the very first scene where uh, Betty has that that dream and like it's all like a weird cre- creepy Christmas thing and and then it's just like that center shot and 
And the Black Hood starts like jumping over the thing. I was like, yo! How the Black Hood stole Christmas? Yeah, it was dope. They didn't do anything for me. Like, I don't know if it was... The lighting wasn't all there. Well, so yeah, the lighting was weird. the The problem I had was maybe the maybe it was the lighting because, like, like I said, I watched it this morning and like the sun was bright and you know I've got these great big uh, windows and so like I couldn't see anything. Yeah, and so like when he was coming, you know, up over the couch or whatever, it it, was just it like looked a black the same blob. as the uh, it looked the same as the like the thing from the trailer that uh, Gabby sent us this week. Just like the dude was humping the couch, like <laughs> yeah. So it was, like it was weird. There was no terror there for me at all. <laughs> I uh, I really like the moment where um where they're like they go they go to uh, Svensson's house and like the camera just kind of like twisted a little bit, mm. you know, on its side. Yeah, like just like that very simple kind of like horror trope. Mm. But um, I really liked how they've played with familiar kind of like cinematography and directorial choices like that. Yeah. Like it, it's been a really like nice light homage to horror. Mm-hmm. And I much prefer that than when they kind of do some of the really on the nose Jughead things where he's like, guys, this is starting to feel like the last scene from Psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a line. And, and it's funny just because like I don't have a problem with him making pop culture references because like. I feel like when that's done right, that's effective. And like, that's like his, I get right. You know, it's like, I don't know. There's, there's like a good old man, a, Kale. old man, Kale. Uh, there's, there's a great video from wisecrack. That's like about, um, the power of children as it's presented in stranger things. And I just want to borrow a point from that in that, like, the idea of like using things that are familiar in pop culture to rationalize extreme situations is like that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. but the way they do it with Jug is so like it's 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 usually very jagged. You know, like I feel like the one time when he does it with Pops, it was kind of fine. Where it's like you sound like one of those creepy old guys in slasher flicks. Mm-hmm. That's like surface level enough when it's just like this is like that scene in that movie. I'm just kind of like, all right, like. <laughs> Well, I, and but, I, I, I don't know. I feel like his, for the most part, are fairly ubiquitous. Like, not everybody's going to have seen Psycho, but at the same time, mo- for the most part, people know what Psycho is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's culturally relevant in that way. Whereas, like, uh, Veronica's are just, uh, like, listen, we joke about old man Kale. I don't understand a word she says when she <laughs> is, makes pop culture references. Yeah, because she's supposed to relate to the tweens, bro. Jughead is like our surrogate. They did what? <laughs> Beyonce did what? Who's what? She called. Was it was it Veronica in the pilot that calls Jughead Holden Caulfield? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I so I get that reference. <laughs> I get that one. <laughs> Check one. Uh, all right. So any uh, any closing thoughts on this one before we wrap it up? Betty. All right. So on that note, that's gonna wrap up the conversation here. Uh, on the Riverdale Review this week. This is actually our mid-season finale. So we're going to be taking a couple weeks off. We'll see you guys back in January when uh, when the show comes back. What's it, 19th? Uh, I think it's the week of the 17th, yeah. Something like that. So yeah, um, so we'll see you then. Until then, uh, you know, please go check out all of our other shows, The Comics Pals. Uh, The three of us are on that show every week. So if you enjoy our banter and you want to hear us talk more about comics and, uh, you know, culture, news, all the stuff around it. That's kind of what we do on that show. Uh, we've also got the Video Game Pals, if you're a gamer, where uh, I'm, I'm over there with uh, a different cast of pals. And you can also catch me on Pals Play Monday through Friday on, uh, on our YouTube channel. 
So um, please go check out any of that content in the drought between, you know, until the next episode of the Riverdale Review. And, uh, you know, enjoy your holidays. Uh, have a happy new year, all that stuff. We love you. And uh, we'll see you in 2018. Bye, everybody. I'm going to get some Riverdale meat and potatoes. Mm-mm. Sounds pretty good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get one last milkshake before we uh, pack it up. Pops, uh, chicken nuggets, please. Uh, chicken nuggets, please. Uh-